Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians, Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior, and Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. So we're back on Friday night. God, I love Friday night. Friday night is the best. It is a good night. I don't know. There's something magical about Friday night. I'm all whooped up and ready to go. Well, it's because you're so relieved that work is over. Well, for the people who work Monday through Friday. Right. I know you work tomorrow, so it's not... Yeah, but, but it's a, it's on location, so it's not. You know like, what? You love your job, so it really yeah, doesn't count for you. <laughs> when you have a job like mine, it's like screwing off and getting paid for it. You right. kind of feel guilty getting a paycheck sometimes. Well, no, not after all this time. I've been doing this job my entire adult life, so that's kind of how my new job feels because I'm going to school for PT and I'm uh, a PT tech, and all of my tech hours count as observation hours for when I apply to PT school. So uh, I'm like. I get paid to get something that's going to actually help me in life. It's awesome. You get paid to go to school, basically. Sort of. To get credits for school. So Friday. Whoop, 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 whoop. It's awesome. I went to, um, I didn't want to go all the way home. So I went shopping in between because, you know, there's a a gap between the time I get off the air at three o'clock and the time Vonnie gets off work so that we can go eat something and then come to the podcast. It was kind of a late night tonight. So because... Stacy's on vacation. Ooh. Right. So I didn't want to go all the way home, so I went to Target. So my son's birthday is coming up, so I was perusing the uh, birthday cards. And behind me comes this kind of vocal family. They're just chittering amongst each other. It was a, a man and his daughter and their son. He was about 10 years old. And he was sort of ignoring what they were doing. And he walked over next to me. I had parked my cart just a few feet to my left and had wandered down the cart aisle was looking. And so he sort of wandered over to the front of my cart and like started to drape himself across it, you know, holding on to the handles and leaning and sighing and leaning and sighing and leaning and sighing, sort of waiting, waiting for his family. Doing what? Doing probably what, te- what teenage boys. Yeah. Doing teenager. what boys do when they're waiting for their family. Mm-hmm. But. He didn't realize it was my cart he was doing it to. <laughs> so I, being the cruel bitch that I am, walked up and put my hand on his shoulder and said, you can you can pay for my items if you'd like. <laughs> oh, gosh. He jumped out of his skin and scared the crap out of him. <laughs> he turned about 50 shades of red and his family thought it was hilarious. Oh, goodness. Oh, I felt, I felt like an evil witch or something. He just looked at me like... Ugh! <laughs> but if that little boy listens, if that teenage boy listens, I got, I got, I got your back because I scared her later. Yeah. So then, so then we met for dinner, right? And I'm standing in front of her car, um, waiting for her to get out of her car. She's messing around in there doing something. I was taking stomach pills. So I looked down at my phone, and she honks her freaking horn. <laughs> Made her jump. Yes. Like, we great. Watch, it's like the. Oh, my boss showed me this video today of like all the Ellen DeGeneres pranks that she pulls around Halloween oh, where she yeah. has to like jump out Scares of the people, table yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So funny. We tried to do that at work today and it was a fail. <laughs> it 
when people are expecting it, it's not as much fun. You got to wait. You what was there? That... Wasn't it her that filled up? Isn't it like her and Matt Lauer that go back and forth pranking each other? It's yeah. her and somebody else, isn't yeah, Matt Lauer? I think so. And didn't she like fill his car up with ping pong balls one Probably. time? Probably. <laughs> so when he opened it, all of these ping pong balls came out. Okay. So you guys would love my dad because he's a prankster and mm-hmm. he works at a hospital, so they have lockers. And so someone took a bunch of like the caps off of test tubes and stuck in my dad's locker when he was on vacation uh-huh. and then she went on vacation like a week or two later so you know he opens locker and like two or three of them fall out and that's about all that happened and so he gets on top of her locker and unscrews it and <gasps> takes this big plastic chute or like big cardboard like just a piece of cardboard and sticks oh it down gosh, so it's like a shoot genius and sticks <laughs> packing peanuts in there so she opens oh. her locker and he fills up a box on top of her locker so they just keep, so they just keep coming out oh on my her God. <laughs> does she know who did it yeah of course oh. my dad does stuff say, like that to otherwise we just outed him <laughs> that's, that's funny that is my dad. You know, it's funny. We're we're walking in the door today, and I, why? How, how did that come up? How did the fantasy thing come up? Chuck oh, Polinick I know, because or... we were talking about Jessica's book yep. and what we were going to talk about on our way up in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about fantasies. Mm-hmm. And Vonnie says, "Oh, I don't. What? What did you say? I fantasize low. <laughs> I fantasize about naps. Reach, <laughs> reachable." No. Reachable goals. <laughs> I was the one that said naps. Oh, I don't no, know. No, you said, you said bread. I bread. fantasize about bread. bread. I fantasize about it's bread. bread makes you sick. <laughs> I know. That's why she fantasizes. She fantasizes <laughs> that it won't make her sick. <laughs> about pizza. Pizza. <laughs> well, personally, I fantasize about mashed potatoes and naps. <laughs> With gravy. You can't. Not necessarily both at the same time because, you know, you can't get that shit out of your sheets. No, well, well you just fill up and then you're on a carb coma. Carb coma. Oh, yeah. I love carb comas. Yeah, so the perfect day would pretty much be eat a whole bowl of mashed potatoes and gravy, maybe a few green beans stirred in there just for some texture, and then a big long nap afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much what I did last night. Garrett made steak and potatoes and like asparagus and we ate, changed into pajamas and watched like three episodes of The Ranch and fell asleep. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect home. night to me. It was great. See, that's that's how these sexual fantasies flow with the book girls. Yeah, yeah we fantasize real... about books and food, <laughs> hidden libraries in our future houses. Like, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> honey. If you love me, you'll build me bookshelves. <laughs> build me bookshelves with a comfy chair and plenty of stretchy pants. That's right. So, in the perfect man would be a carpenter and a cook. I like it. Which is your husband. Exactly. He's the perfect <laughs> man. I have. I am not lacking he in the department. He does have brothers, just FYI. He does, actually. But they're all married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, girls, I suppose we should actually, oh, I don't know, talk about some books or something. Should we, maybe? Yes, we should. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I know you guys fight over that dis- <laughs> I think Jessica should go first, because since we were talking about fantasies. All right. Yeah, it just sort of flows into that, doesn't <laughs> it? does it? flow into it. So we talked about uh, Polinick 
Chuck Palahniuk. Chuck Palahniuk a bunch last week, and I decided to read a book. Or Palahniuk, depending Palahniuk. on which uh, audiobook narrator you're listening to that I listened week. to the version of Choke that I listened to. He um, was the narrator, I think. Chuck was his own narrator? I believe Get so. Really? Look. Hold on. Make sure. That would be awesome. Read by the author. Yep. Oh, Chuck. It Can was... you please come on our podcast? I love you. You're so twisted. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is twisted. Okay. Okay. So I read Choke. And that was the one I said last week that I loved so much. Yeah. And it's really, really funny. And I, it's just like horrifically hilarious. Like Horrifically that's... black, dark funny horrible <laughs> wonderful it's so funny okay so it's about uh vincent or victor mancini i want to keep wanting to call him vincent for some reason i know that's wrong um victor mancini who um is a med school dropout recovering sex addict with mommy issues Woohoo! <laughs> and um is he single <laughs> <laughs> oh my god mommy um, you would say that, wouldn't you? She is single, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, low expectations. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. She's gonna nerf gun me. <laughs> Damn, I forgot to bring out the nerf guns again. Um. Anyway, so he is taking care of his mom who has like early onset Alzheimer's is my guess because she doesn't remember who he is but she's in like this assisted living home and so to make money slash feel love because he doesn't feel love <laughs> from his mother which is why he has mom issues he intentionally chokes at restaurants so that Someone will come save him and be the hero, and then from that, they develop this attachment to him. So he'll write them letters, and then, you know, nonchalantly add in, oh, I'm having trouble paying bills, and then they'll send him a check, or they'll send him a birthday card with money, or uh -huh. just stuff like that. So that's how, it's a big part of his income. He likes that, you know, 15 seconds of feeling someone hugging you and loving you after they've just saved your life because, you know, his mom was an unfit parent. <laughs> Pretty much. She, you know what's really sad about that? It sort of rings true. It really does. <laughs> um, it's so... It's almost like you you feel so, sorry for, for, for poor Chuck. I know. It's rough. I don't know. Or but Victor. Victor. Vincent. Whatever we're going to call him. Um, well, it starts with a V. We know that. So, so it's mixed in with like his present day life with flashbacks to his childhood where his mom has come and kidnap him from the foster homes after she's gotten out of jail for all these like crazy things like giving animals at the zoo LSD or switching. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot all about that. It's been a while since I read this book. Or <laughs> switching like hair dyes so blondes ends up with black hair or you know just a bunch of different things she stole a school bus like she's just an unfit parent but she keeps coming back and kidnapping him and she tells him all these things like if someone comes over the intercom and says chuck something to whatever gate or something like that it means there's a terrorist and that you should avoid that area <laughs> just all these like crazy delusions so she's been deluded like 
So she's just not really right in the head. Never has been either. She actually thinks But she sounds like a fun kind of crazy. Well, the LSD to zoo animals. I mean, my gosh. Who thinks of stuff like that? Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? But um, she's actually so delusional that she actually thinks that Victor is a direct descendant from Christ. Like, and Whoa. So it's just really strange. And he finds that out from her diary that's written in Italian that she oh. has this doctor that he's like in love with read for him. It's his mother's doctor. And he has like, which is the part about the fantasies, he has like these because he's a sex addict, he like has these fantasies about her because he slept with all of his mom's nurses. Of course, because he's a sex addict. And apparently he's got some sort of game, which I don't understand because his character is not good. Like, he's awful. <laughs> like He must be irresistible. Something. He's got to be really good looking or I don't know. Something. Either that or he just finds really desperate. Desperate. He knows what desperation looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's yeah. sleeping with his mom's nurses i wonder if it's like like pity, maybe older pity lonely fucks. women <laughs> their who you know are more agreeable to that kind of thing maybe but he's a anyways he's like he's basically in love with this doctor and so she i don't know at one point she proposes the idea that they have sex so that she could get pregnant so that she could use the stem cells from her unborn child to fix his mom's brain so it's really really dark but he can't do it because he's like you know i really really want to but i don't want my mom to get any better yeah that's one of the things and he's like but i think i'd rather like you he's like i really want to i want to have sex with you but I like you too much. Yeah, I like you too much. And it would ruin his fantasy if they ever actually did because he's built her up so much in his mind uh-huh. that his fantasy is never going to live up to his reality. Hmm. Or his reality is never going to live up to his fantasy. That would kind of explain the divorce rate <laughs> in the U.S., wouldn't it? People think the fantasy that. doesn't ever live up to the reality. And if pe- more people realize that, then they wouldn't get married to people they shouldn't be married to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But... It's hilariously funny, and, like, the characters are all interesting. Like, the flashbacks with his mom and the things that she says and does are really funny. And he's such an awful character, but you can't help but love him, so it really keeps you involved. But uh, public service announcement, if you were easily offended <laughs> and... Do and not or, read anything written by this man if you're easily offended. And or... Do not are averse to like really aggressive sexual stuff. <laughs> you should avoid this because there's a lot going on. Like, <laughs> did you have maybe some issues with that, Jessica? Your eyes just got really huge right there. Okay. Well, like, maybe we were gonna have to go over there and give me the Heimlich remover. <laughs> For the first while there, it's like they're just kind of like intermittently dispersed. And so I'm on the way to the zoo with Garrett in the car with me today, and I play it, and it's like the like for. There's like three of them right in a row, and they're all like raunchy, like rape fantasies, bad stuff. And Garrett's just looking at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm just like, "Oh god!" <laughs> Especially my if you're boyfriend listening. thinks I'm a nymph. Like this is bad. <laughs> well, if you're listening to it, it does. It's difficult to explain to people that just because you read books like this does not in any way reflect upon your personality. Mm-mm. It just means that you're open-minded enough. To listen to it and yep. then go, oh, well, that was disturbing. 
<laughs> which is what I do a lot. I mean, I think the main thing that the one of the recurring things that he talks about is that like your fantasies never live or your realities never live up to your fantasies if you build them up so much in your mind. And the other thing that he hints at are the only like real relationships that Victor has in his life are with Dr. Marshall and his friend Denny and those are the only things that actually give him any like fulfillment in life so it's one of those things where you have to have both like the physical and the emotional ties to like actually be fulfilled because he has like a list like Wednesdays are for Nico Fridays are for Tanya Saturdays are for Lisa (laughs) like all these girls that he goes to different sex addict meetings and picks up and like he's just never really happy until he has except for the times when he's with his friend or when he's with this doctor lady because he's just so intrigued by her mm-hmm. and so i mean it's, that makes it sound more of a love story than it is don't get the wrong idea it's not anything like that but <laughs> you can kind of see that if you look a little harder like oh okay i see one what the, he's trying to one say one of the things that i remember most clearly oddly enough most clearly about the book is denny's collection he collects rocks to keep from masturbating he's like a yeah he, it's like his <laughs> to keep himself from anyway they're like to mark his sobriety basically denny so, and victor met in a, a sex a, a, addicts anonymous group and he's like a chronic masturbator like he right. had to so he do collects it like 14 rocks, times a day but the cool thing is 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 he actually builds a house, house out, out of, of the rocks, rocks. Which, you know, me being a total rock hound, and I have so many rocks in my garage right now that my husband wants to secretly wait until I go on vacation and throw them all away. (laughs) And I thought that was interesting because, like, he collects these rocks, so it's almost like he just took one addiction and turned it into something else. Yeah. But then he takes this addiction and turns it into something progressive, which is exactly something beautiful, something Mm -hmm. useful. Right. It's an interesting book. Good read. Do not read it if you're offended easily, please. Because then you'll you'll send us hate mail about what horrible people we are. And we already (laughs) know how horrible we are. Thank you very much. (laughs) Do not read it. We're not horrible. No, we just have open minds, people. The very opening of his book is... um, this is how I knew I was going to love this man. That's the first one of his books If you're I read. going to read this, don't bother. After a couple of pages, you won't want to be here, so forget it. Go away. Get out while you're still on one piece. Save yourself. What happens here is first going to piss you off. After that, it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> and, like, that's how the book opens. It's almost like a series of unfortunate events when Lemony Snake is telling you to go away. Yep. But it draws you in even more because you're like, how bad could this really be? But this is really bad. It is not yeah. a series of unfortunate events. Yes, it is really bad. But it's bad in a way that makes you feel better about yourself. Oh, yeah. Because it really does. And you, when you look at this, you go, okay, now I thought I was screwed up until I read this book. Mm-hmm. And now I know that I am perfectly normal <laughs> just about every way. <laughs> no straight jackets for me. No. But... Anyways, that was Choke by Chuck Palahniuk, and it was actually really good. I'd give it a pretty, I'd give it a great rating because I liked it. But it's, even though it was incredibly twisted, yes, very raunchy. It's very uh, graphic. You need to read some Christopher Moore. He's, I bet you you would like it. 
He's mm-hmm. he's a pretty twisted individual as well, which is why we love him. Not quite as twisted as Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> no, he's Christopher Morris twisted in a bizarre way, he's more bizarre, so than a wrong way. His, his humor is very dry. That's kind of how his is too. Well, this the, yeah, y- y- yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. I don't, I mean, you, it's hard to explain how wrong he is. Yeah, but it's like. It passes the line so far that it becomes funny. That's why it's funny. (laughs) So if you're easily offended, skip Chuck Palahniuk. Period, yeah. He is not the kind of author that you want to read if you're going to be clucking your tongue at us. Because we don't need any of that. But if you're slightly twisted like us, give it a try. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shall we move right along to something possibly less offensive? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to review. Well, I mean, it's a very different kind of book. Oh, that's right. You did tell me about this. Okay. I read a book called Micheling by Affinity uh, Konar. K-O-N-A-R. Konar. Konar. And this is a World War II book because, you know. Surprise, surprise. Actually, actually, I read the, the little blurb from this while we were at the library one night and shoved my phone in her face and said check this out I think you'll like it even though I never read it (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and what this is about it's about um the experiments that the Nazis did on twins on on identical twins fraternal twins anyone with like a genetic disorder like albinoism or stuff like that Okay. And um, this was set in Auschwitz, and they had a special, like, grounds, like camp, like, you know, concentration camp for the identical twins, which they had a little bit better living conditions than the rest of the well, Jewish Well, that's interesting. Population. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to keep them at least somewhat healthy for the experiments that they were going to do. Jeez. Now that was Dr. Mengele that was doing that. Right. Work, so we're just going it? a different dark route. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's um often referred to as Mengele Zoo. Oh yeah. And I think Mengele is the one that they call the Angel of Death, isn't it? I don't remember, but he was one sick. He pug. twisted. <laughs> um, and it, it was a very interesting book. I did like it, although it did play more on the emotional side than um, what actually happened. I wish they would have told, a <laughs> little, little morbid, but I wish they would have told more about the experiments that they did on the twins. Oh, Instead, I see. So it was more, more about the re- the relationship of the people? or it was, a, it was more about the relationship between the twins. It's told from the point of view of a set of identical twins, Pearl and Stasha. And they're 13 when they go there, when oh. they go to Auschwitz. And um, when they take the twins away from the family, they actually um, won't kill the parents. I mean, the parents are in the regular concentration camps, but they don't send them to the, you know, the gas chambers. Right. Cause they Why have, is that? Is there a reason? They'd probably have higher odds of having twins again. Oh. Could be, it could be maybe. Well, they keep them separated. You know, they separate the men and the women. But their dad actually disappeared before they went to the concentration camp. But the twins um, were more agreeable to do the experiments because they knew as long as they were there and helping with the experiments that their mom would be safe, that they wouldn't kill their mom. 
Okay. So noble. Dark. So, and whether it actually was true or not, it never said in the book. So I'm guessing that it was true. But like I said, it never really said. Well, they and I probably tried to research had, and it didn't say I mean, say it was anything. probably a fictionalized account based on the idea that those experiments did happen and what if there were... Well, the experiments you know, did happen. Well, that's I what I'm that saying is, is that sometimes you can see where the idea of the author came from. Right. You but, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where let's tell the story through the eyes of, you know, these t- these teenage twins who had to go through the experiments. Right. But what was the question is, was it successful in telling the story? Um, It was semi-successful. I mean, I like I said, I enjoyed the book. It just took more of an emotional look at it and more about the relationship between them and the other kids in the camp and stuff and a little less technical. Which is I, what you're more into. I wish it would have been... I mean, I like the emotional <clears throat> side too, definitely, but I wish it would have told more of the technical stuff too. But because it was being told through the eyes of a 13-year-old, that could That's be why probably didn't why, because it. it probably wouldn't have been as realistic. Right. Because it's not like they would explain well, what exactly. they were doing so to these 13 How would they know kids? what exactly was going on in the experimentation? Right. But a lot of right. times when they're talking about the experiment, exper- experiments, they talk about when the evil happened instead of saying, oh. you know, what actually happened. Describe, instead of describing what's happening to them in they a clinical the- way. They describe it the way a 13-year-old would, I suppose. Yeah, it's like right. a repression thing. Right. And and that could be. But like I said, I still did enjoy the book. Um, I, I looked at some of the stuff in the book just because, you know, how I am. I like to see if it's, you know. Accurate. If it's <laughs> factual. And um, it was pretty factual. What I looked up was actually did happen. Um, Good. It's not like the dinner. I thought I was going to say something else about it, and I can't remember what. That sounds super interesting, though. That time period is interesting, and there's always just more and more stuff that they write about World War II Mm -hmm. and, like, concentration camps, and that just gets more and more in-depth. This would be good, I think, for somebody who wants to read something about the Nazis and about the concentration camps but doesn't want something that's so horrible that they can't get through it. Right, that's going to make him cry at every turn. I mean, like I said, this is emotional, and I'm, you know, pretty pretty much a tin man, so <laughs> it's not like it bothered me as much, but like this compared to some of the other... Like Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Right, this is definitely... Is that... And the, what was the name of that one where the boy was inside, locked inside the cupboard and... Oh, Sarah's oh. Key. Yeah, jeez. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as sad as like those two books. So this would be if somebody wanted to get the emotional feel of, you know, the The time period. Yeah. And without going without like wanting to shoot yourself in the head. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to like lock yourself in the room and have a depression stage for a few weeks. (laughs) Lock yourself in the room with a large pizza and a gallon of Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) Ooh, a gallon of Ben and Jerry's. That must be really bad if it was a gallon. This this would be a good place to start, I think. And the writing style was easy to read. And she did a really good job in um, describing everything. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm not reading it. I know you're, you won't. You're not. 
a historical fiction person, but sometimes, but I can only take it in very small doses. Mm-hmm. But it was it was probably the emotional. Um, The emotional toll might be about the same as, like, The Book Thief. Oh, okay. Where it's a sad story if you really sit down and think about the situation. hmm But it's not told in a way that's going to make you, you know... Just crushed. <laughs> crushed and depressed for three weeks. Hmm. Like Even book- me? You like the book thief, so you... I did like the book thief. The book thief was, I don't know. The book thief was different because because the focus wasn't on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's and that's a lot of historically. This book too. It was not. It was based. It was. It was almost like the center of the universe were, was books. It wasn't. You know, it it was almost like the war and all the horrible things that were happening were on the periphery of of importance. It's like right, and this is kind of the same way as as this is played out. Instead of focusing on the experiments that's happening to these kids, mm-hmm. because I mean, there's kids as young as you know five and six year old six mm-hmm. years old in this camp, getting in you know in. What kind did did it, did it say anything about what kind of experiments are being done or? Um, it did a little bit, but not very much. Like, see, I think I would have been in that camp too. I would have wanted to know what they were doing because now I'm curious, and I hate that I'm curious because now I want to know what kind of experiments <laughs> they. Dang it! I do know, however, that the work that they did horrible as it was it actually helped they did they were able to salvage some of those results and then use them later on Mm -hmm. not that that is a justification in any way for what happened no 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 but i mean getting back to the way that they play this instead of like instead of like focusing on the experiments they focus on the relationship for the kids and like when they take you know one of the twins away to do experiments and the other one is is in their bunk mm-hmm. like she sounds kind of gross but she like she has lice and so um, she picks their nits and eats them no she like <laughs> you she said like, gross so i was like oh i gotta go to the grossest no 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 she like makes friends with her lice and she thinks that they're companions and then there so she won't be lonely while her sister's gone to do oh that is so seriously sad which it's sad but it's interesting how you would make a bond from something like a that makes you itch and uncomfortable that's a parasite Mm -hmm. but if you know it was a way to it was a way to cope it was a way to deal with it yeah i think we the one thing that i've learned from all the reading that i've done over the years is is how resilient the human spirit can be Mm -hmm. i mean the the horrible things that have been foisted upon humans that they've lived through and risen above mm-hmm. is is just amazing to me. The way we can compartmentalize our brains and shut off the horrible things that have happened and almost erase them mm-hmm. from our brains in order to, to move forward. 
and 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 from the same token, think about people who've done horrible things and are able to get out of bed every day. Yeah, yeah, that I don't the, know how they can see. Do. It's the human brain giving you coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to justify your actions. Which I mean, you've got really both sides of the coin in in that particular book because you've got Nazis over here doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the people who had the horrible things done to them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fascinating. You said Mengele, right? Mengele. Mengele. Uh-huh. It's M-E-N-G-E-L-E. Look at how creepy he is. He's creepy. He is one creepy son of a gun. Yeah. Yeah. I Googled him. He's creepy looking. Angel of death. Yep. You were right. Yeah. But on the same token, what you were talking about, the Nazis, not all of the doctors who were there to do the experiments were bad people. No, they because weren't. Because when... They were forced to do things that they didn't want to do because of the agenda of people like Mangala, who was the right head dude. He was exactly. in charge of... And he was... Picking people to go to the gas chamber. He was a sadist. I mean, he had no... He didn't care. No. I mean, he was... He was a to... soulless freak... He tried to comfort. He got away. Yeah, he did. He fled they, to South America and he evaded capture for the rest of his life. And he wrote his memoirs and published them. <gasps> what a slime. Oh, never had to pay I had for no his war idea crimes. they never caught him, really. Yeah. They never caught him. And they talk about that in this book, too. Jeez. So he could, he could even still be alive. Well, World War II, he'd be really, really old. So but. he could be alive. I don't know. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> he probably had children, too. His children could be listening to this podcast for all we know. Could be. We do have quite a bit of international. Yeah, we do, actually. Jeez. But I, this was a very interesting book, and I would recommend it. Like I said, it's not the favorite historical fiction book that I've ever read, but um, it was... Very good. And it says, and it's Michelin by Affinity Konar Vanessa Johansson. So I don't know if maybe there's two people who wrote this together or if that's a whole name. It's a long name. Wow. Wow. We've had a lot of, um, a lot of activity on our, on our SoundCloud recently. Have we? Yeah. I didn't look at it this morning been sharing it shout out to germany we got we have uh yeah i saw that we had some germany on there got some germans we have had before though that that's really not a new thing but i would love to go to germany i think it would be so cool well your ancestors are from germany yeah i want to go to scotland or ireland somewhere like that scotland was freaking awesome speaking of which i'm reading a boy on the bridge which you um reviewed a few weeks ago yep that takes place in Scotland. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yes. Well, the last part of it does, doesn't it? Or does the whole thing take place in Scotland? I'm pretty sure that they're in Scotland. They changed the SoundCloud thing. I was going to pull it up real quick and look and see where our listeners are at. They did change it. I they changed it, the so I can't tell where they're at. I can see the top countries, but I can't see Usually the rest of them. Usually you can expand. Can you not expand? No, it's messed up. Hey, SoundCloud, bite my shiny metal ass. (laughs) 
Don't say that. We have a lot of people. Listening. Oh, sorry, SoundCloud. <laughs> so you don't want them to accidentally wipe everything out no, or something. No, Bite no, my no, 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 no. Just Before kidding. I came here, I was watching Futurama. I Are love you? Futurama. <laughs> so like Bender like his, is aware car and he turns into a car at night and tries to run oh, over Fry. Goes. Sorry, SoundCloud. I figured it out. I'm a dumbass. My favorite part of that whole thing, and I don't know why I thought this was so funny. I was watching it one time, and the the one um, dude that's kind of like a like a squid or Zoyberg? like a Zoyberg. Zoyberg. Yeah. He's, he's like, like have my nutty cake it. <laughs> he's like, I'm more excited than a squid on Tuesday. <laughs> he like does <laughs> like, little clam. Oh <laughs> well shoot. Well, oh, wasn't that what it was? Squid on Tuesday? I don't remember. Oh In my the... God. I don't know why, but that made me laugh so freaking hard. The one and I it... just watched he <laughs> Bender isn't sleeping because he's the wear car. So he wakes up, he looks like crap and he's like, Bender you look awful. Luckily, I have my Mary Kay sample kit. <laughs> and I was dying. I love Zoybird. Oh, and a big shout out to Macmillan Audio, our, one of our listeners, or one of our um, followers on SoundCloud. Woohoo! That's mm-hmm. awesome. Especially since we review a hell of a lot of audiobooks yes, on this particular podcast. My friend Sarah's dad religiously listen so does justin well i'm i do two a week two audiobooks a week so oh i mean our, to our podcast oh our podcast oh. Yeah, i know your dad does i see him on there well, all and the time. sarah's dad um and arthur allen anderson santa claus yeah so many people and we are so pleased and honored that you're all joining us for our inappropriateness <laughs> We're because, talking i mean we have so much fun doing the podcast we just hope everybody else enjoys it as you know as my husband do. was one time he's like so do you make any money from that i'm like no actually okay. i spend money on it i spend money <laughs> to put up soundcloud i spend money on all the coffee we drink oh yeah i'm spending some money but you know what it's a labor of love it's fun mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, that's the first thing I get asked anytime. I'm like, yeah, we do, we're doing a podcast, or I've got to do the, I've got the podcast on Sunday. Like, do you paid for that? I'm like, no, it's just nope. really fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do it because we love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so uh, I suppose we could. What was the name of the author on that last one again? Michelin by what? Maybe I should try to look it up on here and see if that's actually Affinity Konar Vanessa Johansson. Wow. So I don't know like if that's Elizabeth all her Taylor name, and all her. maybe it. Um, maybe there was two people. It's a mouthful. Okay. They actually had uh, they had an interview with the author, and there was only one person that they interviewed. So she so. must just have five thousand bazillion names. It actually took her ten years to write this book. Wow. Wow. Is what she said. <laughs> if I ever get mine published, I can say, "Oh, I've been writing this book since I was twenty-six. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have been. All right. I suppose I should move along to my. Uh, review for the evening and the name of the book I read was The Lion Game by Ruth Ware the audio version Um, it was really really fast moving have you ever read a book that's like too fast moving like you get through it and it's done and you're like I didn't even get to enjoy that well, yeah. it's like when you eat your food too fast I think the biggest issue I usually have with books like this and it it's because I can see it being made into a movie and it makes me cross. It's just because it I don't like, like feeling like I'm watching a movie when I'm reading a book. I like being in the world. Mm-hmm. And if there's too much action or if it's too screen ready, 
so to speak. Like the dinner. <laughs> then it makes me, I don't know. I don't know why I don't like that. But th- this one really didn't have that much of that going on. However, her writing style, and I've read both of the other books that she's written. The first one, which was In a Dark, Dark Wood, was ext- it had so many twists and turns that I felt like I had whiplash at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I did right. not figure it out. It was a really fast read. I read it in like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it was It was really good. The Woman in Cabin 10, same thing, but I liked it even better. It was very exciting to read. Who's this author again? Ruth Ware. Ruth, Ruth Ware, okay. Um, she's British, of course. You know I love the Brits. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the latest one... I liked it as well. I mean, it it was also extremely fast moving. I didn't like it quite as well as I liked The Girl in Cabin 10 because it wasn't as unusual. Mm -hmm. The main character was um, a woman who has a new baby. She gets this text that says, I need you. And she immediately drops everything and goes. She hasn't seen this woman in 15 years. But she and the and two other girls from school get this text and they go back to their friend's house. Because you, you get the impression from the very beginning that something, that they did something when they were in school together. But you don't know what it was. You don't know what the thing was. And you don't know... How serious it was. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> so there's there's that mystery that you have going on. So you're wondering the whole time, okay, what the hell? What, what did was they the name do? Of it again? It's called the lying game. Well, you find out pretty much right away what the lying is because teenage girls, right? Right. We used to do this. This friend of mine and I thought it was hilarious to speak in British accents and try to pick up men. Because we would pretend to be college students from someplace else, even though we were, you know, in high school. We would pretend. Not dress up like nuns and go bar hopping? No, we never did that. But but we would, you know, pretend to be somebody else. And it was Mm -hmm. fun and it was a game, right? Right. Well, these girls had a game where they got points for certain things, like... You get 10 points if a person believes your lie. And you get an X amount of points if um, if they if they don't believe it. They, they have a whole point system. A, po- a whole point system set up. And basically you just get that they're being kids, you know. It's not anything that seems too serious. Mm-hmm. Well, the one girl lives locally and the other two are from elsewhere or other three are from elsewhere. And so on the weekends, the three girls start kind of going home with this other girl. Mm-hmm. Well, her dad is is the art teacher at the school. Oh. And so you kind of begin to see this relationship that's like forming between all of them, this very close bond. And pretty soon something horrible happens and they all get kicked out of school. Well, you don't know what that thing is, right? Through, through the bulk of the book, you don't know. You just know that they got kicked out 
mm-hmm. before um, before the end of their time there. And it comes out a little bit at a time to these girls that a bone has been found. And that's why she calls them back. So you know there's a body involved someplace Holy here, crap. right? So the the girl who still lives there had gotten them all invitations to this school reunion thing, mm-hmm. which in retrospect, looking at this whole situation was pretty stupid because they didn't even finish school there, right? Right. And there was all there were all these rumors surrounding these girls because they left. Uh-huh. You know, so the speculation was rampant. So what does she do? She buys four, you know, places at dinner and they all just sort of show up there. <laughs> of oh, course gosh. people are gonna freaking talk. Jeez. Huh. But <clears throat> it's just it's I don't know. I guess it just goes to show you that people don't really think when it comes down to stuff like that. They're not thinking. Right. And she clearly was not thinking because, of course, all of the people that they went to school with are speculating wildly. Mm-hmm. Plus, the fact that they happened to show up right after this bone is found, of course, that's suspicious. It's a small town, you know, yeah. the small town cop is a dude that they went to high school with. And everybody knows everybody in this tiny little English town. So in Jones, Oklahoma. Yes. So yeah. you see, you've got all of this stuff sort of swirling around, but you still don't know what the hell happened. So it's like she ekes it out a little bit at a time until finally you're kind of getting a bit better picture about what happened. Mm-hmm. But all the stuff you think you've figured out... She throws right out the window because this woman is a master at turning it. She is she is twisting and turning, and I'm all like, "Oh, I've totally got this figured out." She has na na na. And then all of a sudden, and she, then bang! She's like, "Ah, oh, psych." <laughs> she drops you over she, the edge. Yeah, she drops the mic. It it wasn't it wasn't as much fun, and it wasn't as unusual as the girl in Cabin Ten, which was excellent by the mm-hmm. way but it was still such a good read and i read it so quickly i just devoured it i even turned up the the speed on my audiobook so you could read so it faster. i could read it faster because i was dying to know what happened i couldn't stand it yeah. i was like oh, put that up so I she was talking a little bit like this that's okay <laughs> I didn't mind because I wanted to know what happened. I do that only if I'm like at the very end because for some reason when they start talking fast and I'm having to listen faster, it like sets me like in high speed. Like, and then I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Your heart's going well, really jittery. And, and, and at the end of this book anyway, it was pretty intense. Well, and the thing that makes it doubly weird is that she's got this baby, right? And as a mother, Bonnie, you know what it's like when you're a new mom. Uh-huh. Her baby's only six months old. So, and she's breastfeeding this whole time. So she can't really be too far from the baby. And she's hyper-focused on the baby anyway. But yet here she is dragging this baby through all this questionable shit that's going on. You know, and I'm like, would you really do that with an infant in your house? Come on now. (laughs) 
Like yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. You've got a baby in a bar. <laughs> yeah, this one's still on the tent, so I can take her anywhere. <laughs> See, obviously, I have not seen that film, so <laughs> totally not getting the reference. What you want to marry me for? So I can kiss you anytime I want. <laughs> <sighs> So I'm giving this one high marks, even though it was not as good as The Girl in Cabin 10, which was the middle book. Right. In a Dark Dark Wood was excellent. And the twists and turns were amazing. The Girl in Cabin 10 was a masterpiece, in my opinion. Putting that on the list. And then... See, you described Girl in Cabin 10 and it didn't sound like one that I... Think I would like it was really I don't know why I loved that book so much I mean it was really good but it was so unusual that the situation was so unusual and I mm-hmm. think that's why I liked it because I read so much it's about a girl on a cruise our uh, my co-worker and Anna Jessica's former co- co-worker just left for a cruise today oh yeah that, that cruise going. thing man <laughs> Well, she was a travel writer, and she went on this cruise right. to write about the ship. Mm-hmm. And then this woman in the cabin next to her vanishes, and she's searching. It's just really, it's really, really cool. Um, and the fact that it was so unusual, and the whole story was unusual. It wasn't like your run-of-the-mill murder, oh my gosh, they find a body, which dun, is dun, sort dun, of what dun. this one was. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there were some twists and turns there. But it wasn't quite as fun I'll, for me. Yeah, I like the small town and the people who talk because they disappeared. Yeah, and there's a lot of stories going around about what happened, which was also interesting because that's really how people are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I sat and thought about it one time, and I didn't hadn't even thought about it until I talked to somebody. You know, I moved from um, New York, and I moved to Oklahoma for my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. But I moved after school was already in session, and... I um, counted it up one time, and I lived here for exactly nine months before I moved back to Pennsylvania. <gasps> How funny is that? And I'm oh, like, no. really? I just moved. There was no reason. <laughs> right, Bonnie. Like, uh-huh, you gave everybody a week notice. Is there a baby in the bushes over there somewhere? Bathroom baby, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, it had a very interesting ending as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'd say interesting. It had a really shocking ending. I didn't really see the ending coming. You, you always know something horrible is going to happen, but you you never really quite sure. Right. Right. So I mean, it the the ending was satisfying, even though it was kind of not fun. But it was a satisfying ending, and like I felt that. I really got my money's worth. Right. Unlike that book I read last week where I wanted to, you know. Where you wanted to throw it. Yes. After you finished reading it. Right. Because you, you put that much time, the uh, spool of blue thread. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where it was, it was, it was fairly satisfying. And then you get to the ending and it's like. You know, it's funny. Wednesday when we were working at the library, somebody came in and asked if we knew anything about that book. Yeah, she goes, oh, that looks really interesting. It was an older lady. Uh-huh. And because it's sitting right in the new book section at the library. She's like, oh, that looks really interesting. And I, and it's like, I'm really trying not to say something really super negative. 
(laughs) She's like, yeah. I was disappointed in the ending. (laughs) And she goes, oh, well, never mind then. (laughs) I feel bad for the author now, but she did win a Pulitzer Prize for something else. (laughs) Well, I mean, she must be a good writer if she won a prize. And I'm sure her books are popular. It's just... Didn't appeal to didn't appeal to you me personally. No, it was not your kind of book. But Ruth Ware, I think that you know how I do go out and buy first edition copies. You of would buy one authors. Of hers? She's going to get a first edition and all three of those books on my shelf hey. because hey. I think that one of these days she is going to she's going to be worth she's something. in it for the long haul. I don't know how I'm going to have to look up and see how old this woman is. <laughs> she looks pretty young. She was born in 1977. Okay, that does it. I'm definitely buying yeah, first editions of this woman's work. Do it. Yeah. Go, Ruth. Be famous so I'll, my books will be worth lots of money. <laughs> but I'm never going to sell them because I actually like them. <laughs> no, I'll hang on to them because, you know, I'll, I always get past my window. Oh, yeah, I should have sold those before. She's a book hoarder. I am. I'm a book hoarder. <laughs> oh. Me she too. needs that secret library because she could fill it up. Yeah, I do. My bookshelf is getting full in my room. You only have one? Yeah, I only get, I have my, I live at home. You I only young. have this one little room where I have my desk that has all my textbooks. And then I have my bookcase. And I have a really tall bookcase, but I got book it. Book girls full. dream of bookshelves. Yes. Yeah. I have three bookshelves and books piled on the floor well, me too book pile books, books piles in front of the books on the shelves in stacks now because yeah. i don't have enough room i know i really need a bedside table and i saw this thing for like a there's like a rotating table and on it all sides had places you could put books oh lots of sizes kind of cool. like a lazy susan but for books and not food yes a lazy book have girl. Garrett make it for me. Mm-hmm. That's me. What, that's what I'm talking about. It's a honey. <laughs> oh man! All right. So next week, um, what do we got next week? Nicole's back next week. Is she back next week? Yes. And she's got the sequel to the Butterfly Garden. Ooh. Which is interesting. I know that she really liked that book. So did I. I liked it too. It was about a serial either. killer that. That makes his girls into butterflies and then kills them. It was yeah, really creepy. It sounded pretty creepy. I did not read that one. Yeah, he tattoos, criminal minds. He tattoos um, butterfly wings on their backs, and then when they reach twenty-one or whatever age it is, yeah, he maturity. gasses them and sticks them up on the wall. Kind of like Jessica's eyes just got yeah. so huge. She's it's, like, "Oh my god!" Well, it reminds me of that. Twisted. It reminds me of that episode of Criminal Minds where he makes her them into porcelain dolls. He pours like a polymer down their throats and makes them like into Ew, porcelain gross. dolls. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, Ew. I haven't I seen that. that one. I kind of stopped watching Criminal Minds for a while. It's so disturbing. It's Even disturbing. I was disturbed by some of those episodes. Yeah, that takes a lot. I'm caught up. It's an addiction. <sighs> My son watches those, and he's caught up through what's on Netflix. Yeah, me wow. too. I had, there was one that I watched, and I had nightmares, because I was like, what the, what? Yeah. No. yeah. Or, I'm going to follow Ruth Ware on Twitter. Do it. There you go. I'm going to. You should follow her, her under Three Book Girls. Yeah. Oh, you can follow her under Three Book Girls. Yes. Let's do do we have a Twitter account. Have I mentioned that? 
and yes. Facebook page. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, we'd be ever so pleased to mm-hmm. have you. Or follow us on Twitter. Yep. Twitter. And eventually we'll we'll get to that YouTube thing. Twitter sphere, Facebook. Yeah, we have to look into the YouTube and see what you need to do. Get to see my dad's oh. funny comments on all of our posts. <laughs> Hi Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, Hi Mom. Well mom is no longer with us, but she would not listen to this podcast because it has way too much profanity. <laughs> yep. That's why I don't want to. She mom loved me, but she thought I had like, a filthy, filthy mouth that needed washed out with soap. Yep. My mom would be like, Jessica Laurel, ladies don't say that word. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'm corrupting your daughter. <laughs> Somehow, Dirty old woman I over think here. That she's got a lot of people trying to corrupt her mind. We're not the only ones. Me. Yeah. Uh, I hang out with Justin Neal. <laughs> yeah. He has yeah, a filthy enough. mind, too. I love him. <laughs> Long, hard, and black, right? Yeah. That was oh, awesome. All right, kids. I suppose we should wrap this thing up for tonight. We're not going to do a depressing ending like we did last week. Nope. Nope. So that's going to do it for... Three, three Book Girls! <laughs> Jessica with her grin over there. <laughs> I know it's cheesy. <laughs> Shut up. We are cheesy. <laughs>